Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Brianna. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the books. Today we're discussing Chapter 8 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, The Hearing. Um... First, we have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Submit to Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it's like to be a black Hogwarts student. Check out blackgirlscreate.org for the guidelines and awesome stories. Also, post-LeakyCon, we now know that, like, Dean Thomas and Blaze Zabini, a.k.a. Alfred Enoch and Louis Cor. Cordice. Cordice. I'm, I always want to say Corden. Um, Louis, Louis Cordice might be reading your stories. So. You know. No okay. pressure. No pressure at all. Just, but let's just get them in. That's the case. Um, also, um, we did confirm that Black Wizards do nod. They Shout nod. Shout out to Connie um, for asking the question, and we got the answers. Um, anyway. Love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons lying around. Please consider becoming a Patronus. We are video recording the Wizard Team episodes, and Patroni have access to those videos. And we had some cool LeakyCon exclusives that dropped. So um, if you become a Patronus, then you can find those LeakyCon exclusives on Patreon. What? If you want to donate but can't do a monthly donation, you can send us a cheering charm by donating to our PayPal. You can find the links to donate at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. And those cheering charms really do help. So thank you guys who have given them and have cheered us up. And thank you for those that will give them in the future. Um, and we also have Wizard Team merch. So head over to our website to step up your nerd fashion and stationary game. Um, we have... Really cool things on there. We'll probably be adding some new stuff soon when we leave Ireland and get our lives together. Um, so be on the lookout. Spoiler alert. Soon come. Dragons. Dragons soon come. If you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, or even if you do, rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever your podcasts are found. That really helps us get the word out and get more people to know what's going on and that it's a good podcast to listen to so um also subscribe to black witches weekly our newsletter curated by wizard bay deborah with nerd news and links to what's been going on so if you want to be in the know be sure to subscribe and you can do that at blackgirlscreate.org and now for wizard team news do 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 sorry we were watching countdown so that was kind of a countdown it wasn't really thing. like the breaking news thing. It was more of a countdown theme song. But go ahead. So there is a new feature on Pottermore um, that allows you to explore um, the castle and the grounds. We haven't yet looked at it because we've been in the wizarding world, but we will look at it um, soon. But from what I've heard about it, it sounds like it's pretty cool and interesting. Um, We were talking about it in, or somebody brought it up in one of the panels that I was on about canon. And I think someone had mentioned the boathouse and how it just like randomly appeared in Deathly Hollows part two. And then someone was saying that the boathouse actually got like added into that. 
so it's it's in like the thing. It's also in the video game, I believe. Um, but yeah, so that's how I found out about it. I was like, oh, new thing on Pottermore. Been talking about Harry Potter. Didn't have time to check for news. So yeah, um, if you've done that, let us know what you think about it. Um, I'll probably be exploring it soon at some point. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. Their their art um, on Pottermore has always been really legit so i think it'll at the very least look really pretty yes um and shout out we have a new patronus rachel phillips thank you so much you is well go ahead diana we appreciate you you smart you loyal we the best dj khaled another one that's what we should say for new patronus now we should say another one another one She's changing it in our... Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> right now. Okay. Um, just so that next time when I, I'll remember for the next agenda. <laughs> um, magical birthdays. So Monday was Beyonce's birthday. So I hope you took that holiday and got some rest before the short week. Blessings up to Beyonce. Yeah. Uh, very memorable moment at LeakyCon during the Potterheads of Color meetup. We were asking people what house they thought Beyonce was in, and we got a very matter-of-fact answer that Beyonce transcends houses. No house can keep her. Nope. Not one can hold her. She's so. like the avatar of Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> She's Aang. Um, Friday is my father's birthday, uh, Bayana's uncle, and one of the best to ever do it. Showed up in Dublin to support. Yep. Was super great. How do you surprise people in a different country? Right. How do you just show up in a different country? And then our entire family was like, oh, that was a hard secret to keep. And I was like, well, y'all are all rude. This was collusion. No one one told you. None of y'all are loyal. Nope. So many people knew. My mom. My own mother. My own mother didn't tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was great to see them. And happy birthday. Yeah, those are all our birthdays. LeakyCon was lit. We might do a recap at some point. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll have We're some really new... tired right now. Yeah, so, so we can't do it now. <laughs> we're trying our best just to like give you the best episode we can give you with and the amount then, of energy we have. And then we will do some form of recap or like content release slash like pick. I mean, you've, we'll you've been following our Twitter. You've seen like the pictures and tweets about some of the panels we were on. It was we sad though because to... we were so busy that like... We I wouldn't even really get to take a that, lot of pictures yeah, or anything. We also had a whole plan. Like, we had, like, shout out to Portia, who was also there and um, was super helpful and helped us get, like, the content that we were able to kind of, like, get <laughs> for um, for y'all and for, like, patrons especially. Patrons especially only because we were trying to give them at least one thing a day. Um, but we were also <laughs> running around. So... Yeah, I mean, we have this whole plan of, like, this is what we're going to do in this panel, this panel, and, like, half of that did not happen because we were either on the panel and forgot or, like, didn't have the equipment or ended up not being in that panel because we had to work. <laughs> um, but it was, like, just really vague, like, basic thoughts about it was that it was super fun, and I just, like, want to live there forever in perpetuity. Yeah, and um, shout out to Mistress Management and the staff and everyone for being, like, just super warm and kind and like open and we love them and we're gonna, we're part of it now. Yeah, we in there. They can't get rid of us. Nope, no more. 
also shout out to Alfred Enoch um, for being awesome and for telling us all that he is a huge stand for Shakespeare. And shout out to Louis Cordice, who is just super nice and was like, super came up to nice. us to say hi, which is weird, but was awesome. And yeah. And so, Ivana Lynch for Ivana being Lynch, amazing. Yeah. And Charlotte, Charlie Skioch. Almost. Hannah Abbott, <laughs> Almost. Uh, for just being really great and really fun, and all it's amazing that like Harry Potter so special, the fandom so special, and then the people who were involved in creating the movies and stuff are also really special and nice, and this is a very positive thing to be a part of. So, yeah. shout out to you guys. It was very fun, and um, we highly recommend that you go. Next year. Guys, Wherever it is. Squad coming. Wherever it is. LeakyCon 18. We rolling deep. up. Squad. Get ready. Get ready. Like, prepare yourself now. We don't Put know. it on the calendar. It's when... It's not hasn't been announced yet, the time and place, but it will be soon. So just, you know... Like, at least... Constant vigilance. Constant vigilance. LeakyCon is usually... It was in sept- early... Late August, early September this year because 19 years later. But it's usually July or... Well, early. it was October last year. No, it wasn't, was it? Yeah, it was. Oh, well, then... Or I don't I'll... think they would do July, because Comic-Con, that seems... About a year from now, you're going to need to be going to LeakyCon. Just have it in your plans. So, keep and it I in your... And I think they will be announcing it pretty soon. It just hasn't yeah. been announced yet, but, you know, constant vigilance. Constant vigilance. Something that Alfred Enoch told Bayana, she was not constantly being. It's true. I need to wear more tennis shoes. Yeah. Be ready for the doctor to come at a moment. He was now. like, I don't think that you're going to be a good companion if you're you're carrying your shoes around. Or Still got to change them. Yeah, it's true. Or if, I mean, if I don't have them at all, which was <laughs> the main part that I didn't have them at all. Um, <laughs> anyway, we should go to um, why we're here. Chapter 8. The hearing. Um, so previously on Wizard Team... Um, wow, we've been doing a lot of Harry Potter talks. I'm like, what did we talk about last with y'all? Previously um, on Wither Team. We went to the Ministry of Magic, and Harry kind of, we have like our Diagon Alley, Diagon Alley moment for this book, where Harry gets to see this new magical place, and he's like, in awe of everything, there's a little confusion with the floors, because it's just confusing, but... You know, we figured it out. Shout out to Harry Potter Wiki. We also find out that Sirius is willing to have a little talk with Amelia Bones if Harry's hearing does not go um, the way it should go. And then we also find out that the, uh, what's it called, that the hearing had been moved up and that they sent an owl 10 minutes ago that it would be starting five, or five minutes ago, that it would be starting in five minutes. Because, you know, when you send an owl, it only takes five minutes to get to to its destination. But really, they're just trying to fuck Harry up, to be honest. They're being a problem. So Harry enters the large dungeon, and he gasped because it was horribly familiar. He had not only seen it before, he had been here before because he stuck his nose literally in someone else's business Mm -hmm. um, in Dumbledore's Pensieve, the place where he had watched the Lestranges sentenced to life imprisonment in Azkaban. Which is... Like, so originally, the other thing is they also changed the place of the hearing, because originally it was just going to be in Amelia Bones' office, which is why Arthur was like, yeah, you'll just be on my floor, and you can just go on my floor. And instead, Fudge is like, nah, we're going to take you to where we take actual criminals who, like, torture people and murdered people, 
And we're going to try you there for using a Patronus. We're going to have a hearing in front of the full Wizen Gamut. Yeah. Well, we haven't even gotten Wizen there yet. Wizen Gamut. Yeah. To, like, the place where people are sentenced to life imprisonment in Azkaban. Um, you used a Patronus, Patronus charm, charm in front of a muggle. And now we're going to put you and try you in that same place. And, like, I get, you know, they don't know that Harry was literally sticking his nose in other people's business. But even still walking in there, even without that context, would still be terrifying. Because it's, like, how serious is my... Infraction. Yeah, because it's not even a crime, really. Like, it's an infraction. It's a misdemeanor. Right. And also, I don't know. He was again, like as everyone has been saying, there is precedent for using magic in life-threatening situations um, or soul-threatening situations. Which is also really funny now because we obviously we've been in like a weekend full of Harry Potter, but I was on a couple of panels about Fantastic Beast, and now I'm like even more upset with how just Newt was just. Using his magic. Long, just like, even didn't even. Give, like, not at all were you in a life-threatening situation, no. Mr. Skim- Commander. Like, <laughs> come on. This is why you made it so hard for Harry. Mm-hmm. In a couple, year, in like 80 years, Harry's ass is Actually being sweating. attacked. And you're just trying to get your niffler back. <laughs> it's a problem. Problem. So, as Harry walks in, he sees that the highest benches were um, filled with many shadowy figures. They had all been talking in low voices, but as the heavy door swung closed behind Harry, an ominous silence fell. Fell a cold male voice rang across the courtroom. You're late. Sorry, said Harry. I, I didn't know the time had changed. That is not the wise and gamut's fault, said a voice. Said the voice, which, yeah, it is actually, because you're supposed to give people, like, time. Time. An owl was sent to you this morning, a.k.a. 10 minutes ago. Right. Take, Take your seat. <laughs> so Harry sits in the chair that is covered in chains that, you know, had been wrapped around Bellatrix Lestrange and Barty Crouch and the other Lestranges that we forget exist. And Karkaroff um, was in that. Was, well, I think it might, it might have been a different room. room but, but it, like you know, same, that level of... Well, yeah. Like, the, the chair has chains on it. <laughs> this time, though, they just clink rather threateningly instead of binding him. There were 50 members of the Wisegamut, um, and as far as he could see, they were wearing plum-colored robes that, with an elaborately worked silver W on the left-hand side of the chest. Um, and this is a really small thing, but in the movies, I think they had them wear black, and I'm like, but yeah. what about the color? It's, also, not, it's not really a big deal, but... Plum-colored robes just seem lit. They just seem lit. I mean... With a silver W? It's magical. You know what I mean? But also, like, like, I was like, oh, they kind of look like a church choir. They might bust out in song. No. I mean, there may be a chain-covered chair, but, you know, at least you get some hallelujah. Right. Amen. So some of them, they were all staring down at him, some with very austere expressions, others look, um, others with looks of frank curiosity. In the very middle uh, sat Cornelius Fudge, and next to him was a square-jawed witch with very short gray hair um, who wore a monocle. And that's Amelia Bones, and I always forget that she wears a monocle, and I feel like that's super lit. And I like her a lot. So I read this fan fiction called The Survivor. Oh, really? Did you? I did. I had no idea. I did. And Amelia Bones was um, a character, and she was a lesbian, and she was bomb. And she, like, walked into a muggle pub, like, in full wizarding regalia. And was like, I don't know if she had the monocle on. I can't really remember, but I will go back and reread it. Um, And she was like, because it was like the West End Mm -hmm. or something, which is basically like, you know, the hate or um, the hate in San Francisco or, like, Boys Town in Chicago or the Castro in San Francisco, too. Mm-hmm. So she was like, ain't nobody known it. 
Like, they all dress weird. This is just another outfit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I love it. I love it. It's lit. And then on Fudge's right was another witch, but she was sitting so far back on the bench that her face was in shadow because, like, That, wow. that bitch. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck her. We don't even know her name yet. Haven't even really been introduced to her, but you know what? Fuck her. Fuck her. Um, very well said, Fudge. The accused being present, finally, let, let us begin. Girl, like, finally. Anyway. <laughs> That's he, that other bitch, Fudge. <laughs> right. Um, are you ready? He called down to the down the row. Yes, sir, said an eager voice Harry knew. So Percy was sitting at the very end of the front bench and gave no sign of recognition um, to Harry his eyes uh, were fixed on his parchment and quill, a quill poised in his hand. So he's just a glorified note taker. Like he's, I'm so important in this hearing. And like, dude, you're literally just dude, taking notes. You're the stenographer. Also, you, and like, this is you. You're not gonna recognize his presence. That's your brother, fam. Like, what are you doing? You're not gonna. Off, oh. I forgot where he came from. Also, so Leaky Con every year does these like stories, these like couple part stories, and they're on you. It's on this year's stories on YouTube. You should check it but out. But James and uh, James Sirius Potter and Teddy Lupin, Teddy Remus Lupin, mm-hmm. are characters in the story. And like James is like, that's my brother, that's my bro, yeah. that's my fam, and we grew up together. Right. And Percy over here, like I don't know this, I don't know, I don't know him. him. Who that? Does not make any sense. He's so rude. Um, Percy is a problem. Stop acting brand new, Percy. Percy. Stop acting brand new. Disciplinary hearing of the 12th of August, said Fudge, um, and Percy began taking notes into offenses committed under the decree for the reasonable restriction of underage sorcery and the international statute of secrecy by Harry James Potter, resident at number four, Privet Drive, Little Winging, Surrey. Interrogators Cornelius Oswald Fudge, Minister of Magic, Amelia Susan Bones, Head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, Dolores Jane Umbridge, Senior Undersecretary to the Minister, Court Scribe, Percy Ignatius Weasley, Witness for the Defense, Albus, Albus Percival, Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. Can we do it again? One more time. It's going to sound like a old school rap song if we do it again. Yeah, but let's do it again. I want to do it again. You say, when I say Albus, you say Percival. Albus. Percival. Albus. Percival. When I say Wolfric, you say Brian. Wolfric. Brian. Wolfric. Brian. When I say Dumbledore, you say Deezy. Dumble. Deezy. Dumble. Deezy. There you go. You want to go old school. We went old I school. didn't want to. I just pointed out that that was where we were headed. Well, we were already on the train, and I was like, maybe we can get off at the stop. And before. I was like, let's pull into the station. Okay, that's fine. Let's go all um, the way in. I just love that he has so many middle names. And why is Brian in there? Because it's amazing. It's great. I think it it adds to it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think it's like a it's a nod to like one of his Muggle. But I also am just like, and I'm sure there's like no, I I'm sure there are like magical Brians. It's really just yeah. the like Percival and Wolfric. Like all your names are really like super a lot. like doing the most and like medieval, <laughs> and then Brian. Like, <laughs> It's it's wonderful. So Dumbledore was striding serenely across the room, wearing long midnight blue robes and a perfectly calm expression. So he's he's stepping out. The fashion he's is red. lit. He is red. His long silver beard and hair gleamed in the torchlight as he drew level with Harry and looked up at Fudge through the half moon spectacles that rested halfway down his very crooked nose. The members of the Wise Gamut were muttering. All eyes were now on Dumbledore. Actually, I wonder who the Supreme Mugwump is now that they when they fired Dumbledore. I guess. Fudge is probably, like, standing in for him or something yeah. at this point. Which I always um, thought was, like, isn't that kind of, like, 
I mean, all of this is a conflict of interest, right? But, like, so when there was in the Chamber of Secrets, Lucius is getting, gets stumbled or removed, and then it comes out that, like, he, like, persuaded, probably threatened, most likely people didn't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. um, to get that, to get that to happen. And so I'm wondering if, like, Fudge did the same thing. And in that case, is that not, like, you know, we think about, like, um, people who are, like, duly elected and whatever, but then they start to, like, become dictators by, like, getting rid of the courts and are taking mm-hmm. over the courts and then taking over other things, you know, and it's, like, a very slow process, but there's always that, like, one, like, and all of a sudden there's, like, a referendum that, like, they don't have to hold elections this year right. or uh-huh. they're, like, you know, all of a sudden presidential terms are no longer a thing, uh-huh. term limits are no longer a thing, and, like, it, it just feels like it's one step to totalitarianism Mm -hmm. in a way that's very interesting because Fudge's whole thing is to deny, like, Voldemort coming back, which would be a completely totalitarian regime, right? Like, Voldemort takes over. um, And in doing so, is, like, building his own totalitarian regime. So, not right there. Probably actually looks very similar to Voldemort's, except, like, no, like, actual murder of moguls, at least not outright, but he probably wouldn't do anything if... I think the Statute of Secrecy would still be in place, but, like, it would be much no, harder for, like, muggle-borns. Like, it wouldn't be as and, violent. Like, right, right, right. physically violent. That's what I... I as if... Don't, as, but I do think Voldemort. it would look very similar to Voldemort. Like, it already is. Well, no, because I'm saying, like, I don't... Because Voldemort wants to come out of hiding and just, like... No, I know, like, you know. sweep... But what I'm saying is that... In his denial of Voldemort, his, like, the regime that he is kind of trying to build would be very similar to Voldemort's ideals. And, you know what I mean? Right. Um, It just wouldn't be as, like, obviously violent. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so a powerful... Sorry, this is some feels that we didn't... Really want oh this is really a weekend full of fills. Do we need to, can we just skip it? Do we have we don't have any chocolate here? Yeah, we don't. But it's okay. actually I do. It's too far. <laughs> actually, no, it's in my pocket. Ooh, even better. I have chocolate. So first, um, all eyes were now on Dumbledore. Some were looking annoyed. Others were slightly frightened. Um, two elderly witches in the back, however, raised their hands and waved welcome, which one I think is like shows that there's like no real agreement in what is happening with the Wizen Gamut. Like it's definitely mm-hmm. there are different sides. Also, old people don't give a fuck. They're don't like, give a fuck. They're like, I don't know. I don't know Dumbledore since I mean, forever. We, we used go to back. date. We went to school together. Like we went to the Yule Ball together way back saying. when. Like they, you want me to just like. I'm not Percy, okay? I'm not going to just deny my homie. That's what I'm saying. Like, we've been cool. We've been been through. We've been through stuff. Anyway. um, (laughs) A powerful emotion had risen up in Harry's chest at the sight of Dumbledore. A fortified, hopeful feeling. Rather like that which the Phoenix song gave him. Jesus Christ. Um, So he wanted to catch Dumbledore's eye, but Dumbledore was not looking his way. He continued to look up at the obviously flustered fudge, which... I've been rereading Mercy Thompson and, like, werewolves have this very big thing about, like, eye contact and who blinks first and it's, like, a dominance play and I feel like that's what's happening here. Dumbledore is also trying his best to ignore Harry because he's a problematic fave, Mm -hmm. but... um, Still a fave. Still a fave, but a problematic one. But it's also... It's two things happening at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. He's trying to, like, distance himself from Harry and 
which is a problem, but he's also doing a deliberate, like, power move to fudge. Like, I'm not scared of you. I ain't never scared. Okay. I ain't never scared. Yeah, I ain't um, getting no sleep because of y'all. Y'all not getting no sleep because of me <laughs> is what's happening right now. Um, um, so fudge. I'm looking thoroughly disconcerted. Dumbledore, yes. You uh, got our uh, message that, time, that the time and uh, place of the hearing has been changed then? I must have missed it, said Dumbledore cheerfully. However, due to a lucky mistake, I arrived at the ministry three hours early, so no harm done. Dumbledore was like, he already knew. He also then conjured up a tea, a mug and a, and a saucer and then <laughs> sipped tea. Mm-hmm. Lucky, mis- lucky mistake. I happened to be here three hours early. <laughs> like he was going through TSA. Sip, sip. <laughs> I thought um, it was like an international flight. Might as well get here, be prepared, mm-hmm. get comfy. But, and then he conjures up a squashy chintz armchair <laughs> to appear next to Harry. Which is so, right, like Harry's in here in this like chain chair. They're in this like really serious like right. hearing and like courtroom. And Dumbledore's like, I just need an armchair. And I'm just real comfy. Let me get comfortable. Right. Let me sink in here. Mm-hmm. So he sits down, puts the tips of his long fingers together, and looks at Fudge over them with an expression of polite interest. Like he's like, "Okay, let's let's begin. Enlighten me on these charges." The Wise and Gambit were still muttering and fidgeting restlessly. Only when Fudge spoke again did they settle down. "Yes," said Fudge. "Well then, so the charges. Yes." So he's he's flustered clearly. <laughs> um, he extricated a piece of parchment from the pile before him, took a deep breath, and read. The charges against the accused are as follows, that he did knowingly, deliberately, and in full awareness of the illegality of his actions, having received a previously written warning from the Ministry of Magic on a similar charge, produce a Patronus charm in the Muggle-inhabited area in the presence of a Muggle on August the 2nd at 23 minutes past 9, which constitutes an offense under paragraph C of the degree for the reasonable restriction of underage sorcery, 1875, and also under section 13 of the International Confederation of Wizards Statute of Secrecy. That freaking sent, that was an entire sentence. Right. So you are Harry James Potter of number four Privet Drive, little whinging Surrey, Fudge said glaringly. Yes. You received an official warning from the ministry for using illegal magic three years ago. Did you not? Yes, but. And... Yet And yet you conjured a Patronus on the night of the 2nd of August, said Fudge. Yes, said Harry, but knowing that you are not permitted to use magic outside of the school while you are under the age of 17, asked Fudge. Yes, but knowing that you were in a, in a, in a, a area full of muggles. Yes, but fall, fully aware that you were in close proximity to a muggle at the time. Yes, said Angley, but I only used it because the witch with the monocle... On the fudge's left, cut across him in a booming voice. You produce a fully fledged Patronus? Like, that's how I read it. Like, I love Amelia Bones. I'm sorry, what? Because this is all important. She's the head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement yeah, and everything. But her, and she's like, well, hold up. Wait a minute. Curiosity now. is like, you, you did what now? Also, just really quickly, um, just about fudge's questioning. Again, he doesn't ask why Harry carried the uh, conjured the Patronus. Like, he doesn't care about that. And he won't Just let Harry he finish. He won't let Harry yes explain only. himself. And like, why else do you use a Patronus? Like, what? What would he? What do you think he's doing? Right. Like the only thing would be like maybe he's showing off, but that doesn't really make sense. Right. So, and I think that's what that's what Fudge wants people to believe is that Harry's just showing off. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry wants attention, but he's you, like again. It says like. 
after you got your warning three years ago. So it's like, if he was just a show-off, he would, like, this would be a common occurrence. Right. You know what I mean? And if he didn't care about, like, the illegality of his actions. So Amelia Bones asked, you produced a fully-fledged Patronus. Yes, because a corporal Patronus. A what? Your Patronus has a clearly defined form. I mean to say it was more than vapor smoke. Yes, said Harry, feeling both impatient and slightly desperate. It's a stag. It's always a stag. Always, boomed Amelia Bones. You've produced a Patronus before now? Yes, said Harry. I've been doing it for over a year. And you were 15 years old? Yes, and. You learned this at school? Yes, Professor Lupin taught me in my third year because of the impressive. <laughs> a true Patronus at that age. Very impressive indeed. And, like, I love it's that. one of these things where, like, they're very caught up in this, but, like, Harry's like, y'all are about to kick me out of school. Can right. we, like, get, like, can I explain myself, the please? Couldn't even get to the mentors when she taught him about, when yeah. she told him about how he learned the Patronus and, like, right. why he learned how to do it. So, like, it's like, he's, like, getting, and he was, like, annoyed when Fudge was obviously cutting him off because, he like, he knows, like, the ill intent behind Fudge. And, like, mm-hmm. Amelia Bones is just real curious yeah, and, like, she just has real impressed. But, like, it just, because of what happened with Fudge beforehand, like, Harry is just, like, getting to this point of, like, He's at his wits end because this is serious for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is not a question of how impressive the magic was, said Fudge. In fact, the more impressive, the worse it is. I would have thought, given that the boy did it in a plain view of a muggle. I did it because of the Dementors, Harry said loudly before anyone could interrupt him again. He'd expected more muttering, but silence fell. But the silence that fell seemed to be somehow denser than before. I just want to point out, though, that like as um, Fudge is saying this, Percy's gives a sanctimonious little nod, and that is, like, why Harry, like, shouts out. Because, right. like, not why, but it's, like, the straw that breaks the camel's back. Because, like, we said earlier, like, Percy, you family, like, like what you know doing? me. Like, what? why are you agreeing with that nonsense? You Especially know? if you, you've known me since I was 11 years old. Right. And you know how I am, and all of a sudden you're, like, you have it in your head that I'm some way that you clearly have not gotten evidence for. Like, right. It doesn't make sense. Dementor, said Madame Bones after a moment, raising her thick eyebrows so that the monocle looked in danger of falling out. What do you mean, boy? I mean, there were two Dementors down that alleyway, and they went for me and my cousin. Ah, said Fudge again, smirking unpleasantly as he looked around at the wise and gamut, as though inviting them to share in the joke. Yes, yes, this, I thought we'd be hearing something like this, which is like, why else was somebody use a Patronus, though, fam? Like, again, right. I've said that already, but like, I feel like if you're showing off of all the charms i mean i guess patronuses are like impressive but but most 15 year olds can't like produce a fully formed patronus and if you're showing up doesn't know yeah like just sparks from your red sparks are impressive you know what i mean like you know when guardian leviosa right and if you're doing it especially like in little whinging and knowing harry's background and stuff it would be like the jelly legs curse or like bogey bat bogey hex or something like that because He's probably doing it to either torment or get back at Dursley or Dudley and his friends for being tormented. Right. So either way, like the Patronus is not what a fifteen-year-old. It doesn't seem like a go-to for a fifteen-year-old who wants to show off. His go-to is Expelliarmus, Sam. <laughs> like, well, that's Harry's he go-to. Don't know that, but still, but, like, and he for, doesn't even really know that yet. But still, yeah. Um, Dementors and little whinging, Madame Bohm said in the tones of great surprise. I don't understand. Don't you, Amelia, said Fudge, still smirking. Let me explain. He's been thinking it through and decided Dementors would make a very nice little cover story. Very nice indeed. Muggles can't see Dementors, can they, boy? Highly convenient. 
highly convenient. So it's just your word and no witnesses. I'm not lying, said Harry loudly. There were two of them coming from opposite ends of the alley. Everything went dark and cold, and my cousin felt them and ran for it. Enough, enough, said Fudge, said Fudge with a very supercilious look on his face. I'm sorry to interrupt what I'm sure would be a very well-rehearsed story, which is like, he should at least be able to advocate for himself. Right. Regardless of whether you believe him, he should be able to tell his entire story. That's like, you know, the point of fair of a fair trial. Um Dumbledore clears his throat and the wise and gamut falls silent again silent again because they're used to him being in charge, which is great. Yeah. But <laughs> like, also it's like Dumbledore's it's in the Dumbledore. room. It's like if President Obama came in the room. I don't care if that other dude is in the room too. Everyone's deferring to the to President Obama because I, know I am. I am. Definitely. But it's also because like he carries a weight and a stature and like a reputation for knowing what he's doing. Exactly. We do, in fact, have a witness to the presence of Dementors in that alleyway, he said. Other than Dudley Dursley, I mean. Fudge's plump face seemed slackened as though somebody had let air out of it. He stared at Dumbledore for a moment of two, then, with the appearance of a man pulling himself back together, said, We haven't got time to listen to more taradiddles, I'm afraid, Dumbledore. I want this dealt with quickly. Two things. One, taradiddles. It's a wonderful word. I just gotta use it more. Yeah. Taradiddles. You gotta put bring that in my vocabulary. Um, and then also he says he wants it dealt with quickly and not justly, right? Because mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, if Harry had been showing off for the Patronus charm, that still doesn't really, that's still not really reason to expel him, and it's not reason to have him in this courtroom. Um, and he's just like, oh, I want to do all these things, and I just want it dealt with quickly, and I want it to go my way as quickly as possible, so that I can mm-hmm. go on with my life and my day. Uh, I may be wrong, said Dumbledore pleasantly, but I am sure that, which well, he knows he's not wrong. And that's one of the things I love about him. Like also, a, I love that he's killing him with kindness. Like, he he's is. so pleasant. It's, yeah. He's so bemused. It reminds me of like, it mostly happens. I think, I think it's happens in the show one time. Um, but in Game of Thrones, in the books, uh, Daenerys says a lot of, a lot when she's talking to like generals and like really macho men and she's like, I'm only a young girl and unfamiliar <laughs> in the ways of war, but <laughs> here's all this shit that I know needs to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so it just reminds me of that too. And also like Dumbledore's only been like out of the Wisengamp for what, like two weeks, like not even <laughs> that long. So I may be wrong, but I'm sure that under the Wisengamp charter of rights, the accused has the right to present, present witnesses for his or her case. Isn't that the policy of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, Madam Bones? He continued, addressing the witch in the monocle. True, said Madam Bones. Perfectly true. Which I think is, I appreciate that Madam Bones, like, we see that she is fair. And I Mm -hmm. think that, you know, I think with Fudge there, if Dumbledore hadn't been there, I think she probably would have let things go a little bit more. You know, because it's like her job is she don't want to lose her job. But if Dumbledore is asking her a question, I think she's like, yeah, that's what it is. I also think though that they've been given this story because you can tell by her reaction to like Harry being like, but the Dementors, right? right? Like so she's like also like in this moment being like, oh there's much more to this mm-hmm. than oh, this is like a deranged or like attention starved little kid trying to get Right. You know, which is, I think, how they walk in. And she's just like, this should be open and shut. And, like, maybe it's a, it's a little weird that we're in this, like, full courtroom or whatever. But, like, it's Harry Potter or whatever. Right. In, in her brain, she's like, I mean, why didn't we just come? He could have come to my office and I would have told him what's what. Right. Right. And the other thing is, is, like, so. they're doing all this stuff. Right. And, like, sure. And, I, I mean, I guess we'll get to it more when when um, Umbridge is, like, 
around <clears throat> not not in this chapter but like when she yeah. becomes more of like a character in in the book um the like idea that okay fine you don't want to admit that Voldemort is back right but something happened and Harry came out of that maze with a dead person with him um and regardless of what you think happened and it's an accident whatever my dude is traumatized like he saw someone die regardless of if you think Voldemort did it or not or if you think like it was some boogeyman or some last ended screw gone wrong like Harry saw it happen um and I think that just the way that they're treating him in this situation is ridiculous and frustrating and the worst yeah and now we're about to get some full like some huge fudge superiority complex Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like figure out what the like perfect word is but Madame Bones is like yes you can like Harry should be allowed to present witnesses oh very well very well snapped um fudge where's this person I brought her with me said Dumbledore she's just outside should I no Weasley you go and he barks at Percy and I wonder why I'm assuming it's because he's like maybe Dumbledore is like up to something and like doesn't want her to maybe like tamper with like maybe or, or doesn't want Dumbledore to like coach or like I also think it's just a matter of, like, being able to, like, say no to Dumbledore. Like, I know these people in my life where I, like, deal with one person in particular who every opportunity they can to be, like, I am a person of authority over you. Mm -hmm. Like, they will take it even though it's, like, that's not necessary. You could just ask me to do this thing and I would do it. Or, like, you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. just, like, Fudge's way of being, like, don't forget I'm the minister, and I'm now the acting, like, head of the wizard gamut, right. and you're just some dude. Mm-hmm. You're just some teacher. Right. Um, and that does nothing, actually, to Dumbledore, but... Dumbledore don't give a fuck. Right. <laughs> and also, because Dumbledore don't give a fuck, it doesn't work. Right. And I it makes Fudge makes, look smaller. And it makes him And then it makes angrier him angrier. And yeah. try to... Do it do even it, more. Yeah. Yeah. Not how that works. Not, <laughs> not at all. Doesn't add up. So, but it also is really funny that like Fudge barks this at Percy, who gets up and hurries to, to the to the door to go get Mrs. Mrs. Fig. Fig, and it's another thing of like Percy being really pompous, but like he's you're an errand boy, my my dude, you're a glorified errand boy. Yeah. So all you do. So Percy returns with Mrs. Fig. She looked scared and more batty than ever. Harry had wished she had thought to change out of her carpet slippers. Um, Dumbledore stood up and gave Mrs. Fig his chair, conjuring up a second one for himself. He's he's having a... Like, okay. Like, I think it's funny, right? Because he, he is a clearly messy bitch knows... Lives for exactly. Drama. Because I'm like, he knows that he's gonna win. Like, he knows it's a serious situation. Um, and he knows that he needs to get Harry off. But he also knows that Fudge is being a hot mess. And he can just sit back and watch Fudge be a hot mess. And it would be fine. You know what right. I mean? Right. I think his strategy is, like, rattle Fudge as much as... Like, Fudge is... Okay, so, again, that other dude in um, a position of power in mm-hmm. the Muggle government of America, like... Hillary Clinton said it really good. It was like, someone who can be goaded by a tweet should never be in a position of power, right? So I think Dumbledore's, like, strategy here is, like, I'm going to just sit back. I'm going to, like, poke at him a little bit because I know, like, just one poke, if I hit him the right way, he will tear himself down. Mm -hmm. Like, he will will make him, like, he'll do all the work for me. And all I have to do is, like, look pleasant, but, like, Hit that one button. Mm-hmm. And I also was thinking, like, having, beyond, like, making Percy do it because um, Fudge can, like, put himself up as, like, a person of power and position, it also is, like, 
Dumbledore just conjuring up chairs in, in the ministry. Like, maybe he right. thinks that he's, like, there isn't actually a person outside. And maybe Dumbledore's going to, like, conjure up or apparate and then go get her and apparate back. You right. know what I mean? Like, something like that. So, like, don't give him a chance to, mm-hmm. you know, prove how magical and great he is. Right. Because never forget my dude stunned someone through a door. Yep. Did it happen. So, full name said fudge loudly when Mrs. Fig um, perched herself nervously on the very edge of her seat. Arabella Doreen Fig said Mrs. Fig in a quavery voice. And who exactly are you? Um, said Fudge in a bored and lofty voice. Like, dude, like, why? You called this hearing. If you didn't care, right? then leave it alone. We have no record of any witch or wizard living. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a uh, resident of Little Winging, close to where Harry Potter lives. We have no record of any witch or wizard living in Little Winging other than Harry Potter, said Madame Bones at once. That situation has always been closely monitored given given past events. Um, I am a squib, said Mrs. Fig, so you wouldn't have me registered, would you? A squib, eh, said Fudge. We'll be checking that. You'll leave details of your parentage with my assistant, Weasley. Incidentally, can squibs see the mentors? Um, which is so interesting to me that they wouldn't know that and wouldn't ever, like, bother to find out if that was a thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that it, like, it kind of shows, again, like, the kind of problems that the ministry has as an institution and, like, not taking care of the most vulnerable people in their population um, and, like, not care, like, just not caring. So in this moment, he's like, oh, can they? And, like, you're the minister of magic, fam. Like, you should know that. Right, but also, like, he says that, and he's looking left and right along the benches and not looking at Mrs. Fig, which right. is, like, I, it's another one of those things where, like, how about you people who are not in this experience explain this to me right. as opposed to the person, person who literally, literally sitting, sitting like, right in front of me mm-hmm. telling me, telling me, like, yeah, I can, I can see the mentors. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and so, and that's the thing. She's like, yes, we can. She says indignantly because how many times have squibs been just like looked over, mm-hmm. looked past, you know what I mean? And like people say things about them, but never actually talk to them. Exactly. And so that like, it's a very, and it's very real to a minority and, um, and a marginalized position in the world and in society is that like people dictate to you about things that directly affect you, but they don't actually, actually know anything about your experience or ask for your input mm-hmm. in how to like, you know, and how to do these things. So right. very well, he said coolly, what is your story? I'd gone out to buy cat food from the corner shop at the end of Wisteria walk shortly after nine on the evening of 2nd of August to Mrs. Fig, um, as though she had learned what she was saying by heart. When I heard a disturbance down the alleyway between Magnolia Crescent and Wisteria Walk, on approaching the mouth of the alleyway, I saw Dementors running. Running, said Madam Bones. Dementors don't run, they glide. That's what I meant to say, said Mrs. Fudge. I'm so sorry, said Mrs. Fig quickly. Gliding along the alleyway toward what looked like two boys. What do they look like, said Madam Bones. Well, one was very large and the other rather skinny. <laughs> no, no, said Madam Bones impatiently. The Dementors described them. Oh, said Mrs. Fig. They were big, big and wearing cloaks. Harry felt a horrible sinking in the pit of his stomach. Whatever Mrs. Fig said, to the contrary, it sounded to him as though the most she could, had ever seen was a picture of a Dementor, and the picture could never convey the truth of what those beings were like, the eerie way they moved, hovering inches over the ground, or the rotting smell of them, or that terrible rattling noise they made when they sucked out the surrounding air. A dumpy wizard in a large black with a large black mustache in the second row leaned close to his neighbor, a frizzy-haired witch, and whispered something to her. Um, she smirked and nodded. Big and wearing cloaks, repeated Madame Bones coolly. I see. Anything else? Yes, said Mrs. Fig. I felt them. Everything went cold, and this was a very warm summer's night, mark you. And I felt as though 
All the happiness had gone from the world, and I remembered dreadful things. Her voice shook and died. Uh, Madame Bones' eyes widened slightly. Harry could see the red marks under her eyebrow where the monocle had dug into it. What did the Dementors do, she asked. They went for the boys, said Mrs. Fig. One of them had fallen. The other was backing away, trying to repel the Dementor. That was Harry. He tried twice and produced silver vapor. On the third attempt, he produced a Padronus, which charged down the first Dementor, and then, with his encouragement, chased away the second from his cousin. And that, that was what happened, um, Mrs. Fig finished somewhat lamely. Uh, Madame Bones looked down from Mrs. Fig in silence. Fudge was not looking at her at all, but fidgeting with his papers. Finally, he raised his eyes and said rather aggressively, That's what you saw, is it? That was what happened, Mrs. Fig repeated. Very well, said Fudge, you may go. Um, so Mrs. Fig leaves, um, and then Fudge says, Not a very convincing witness, because, like, why? He was convinced. He just didn't want to. He just want to. He wants, he has an agenda, and he's going after his agenda, which we've seen from Fudge numerous times at this point exactly. in the series. Um, Madame Bone says, like, I don't know. She certainly described the effects of the Dementor attack very accurately, and I can't imagine why she would say they were there if they weren't. But Dementors, run, wandering into a muggle suburb and just happening to come across a wizard, the odds on that must be very long, very long. Even Bagman couldn't have bet. But, you know... A hundred Dementors were at Hogwarts and one wandered, or a bunch wandered onto the Quidditch field when they weren't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So, and I think this is another thing of like him trying to pretend that he has control over the Dementors when he obviously does not. Mm-hmm. And he know, like, you know when you fully have control over something or when, you, you know, something is fully under control and something is not. Right. And he's trying to, like, pretend that it is, but he knows he doesn't really control those Dementors. Exactly. Oh, I don't think any of us believe that the Dementors were there by coincidence, said Dumbledore lightly, because he is goading. And then this bitch right here. So, yeah. <laughs> The witch sitting to the right of Fudge moved slightly. Because she did it. She did that shit. She did it. And what is that supposed to mean, asked Fudge. It means that I think they were ordered there, said Dumbledore. I think we might have record of it if someone had ordered a pair of Dementors to go strolling through Little Whinging. Not if the Dementors are taking orders from someone other than the Ministry of Magic these days, said Dumbledore calmly. I have already given you my views on this matter, Cornelius. Yes, you have, said Fudge forcefully. And I have no reason to believe that your views are anything other than bilge, Dumbledore. The Dementors remain in place in Azkaban and are doing everything we ask them to. Then, said Dumbledore... Quietly but clearly, we must ask ourselves why somebody within the ministry ordered a pair of Dementors into that alleyway on the 2nd of August. And if this was Scooby-Doo, then, uh, or, like, Game of Thrones, Dumbledore, or Umbridge would have jumped up and been like, it was me. Or, no, it was me. She would have tried to run. Right. And then Dumbledore catches her and then pulls her mask off. Mm -hmm. If it was Scooby-Doo. If it was Scooby-Doo. <laughs> um, in the complete silence that greeted these words, the witch to the right of Fudge leaned forward so that Harry saw her for the first time. She thought He thought she looked like a large, pale toad. Um, she was rather squat with a broad, flat, flabby face and a little, as little neck as Uncle Vernon and a very wide, slack mouth. Her eyes were round, large, and slightly bulging. Even the <clears throat> little black velvet bow perched on top of her short, curly hair put him in the mind of a large fly she was about to catch on a long, sticky tongue. The chair recognizes Dolores Jane Umbridge, senior undersecretary to the minister, said Fudge. The witch spoke in a fluttery, girlish, high-pitched voice that took Harry aback. He had been expecting a croak. I just want to point out, like, 
This is like the first and maybe the last time I'm going to say anything positive about this bitch right here. Sure. But Not the, positive, just like defense. Defending her. But we talked about this before on this podcast. We've talked about it a lot in real life and stuff. But like the physical descriptors of characters, especially... Evil or like bad characters. Yeah, but especially like women evil and bad characters is very problematic here because you can be i don't know it's just like it's 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 very dehumanizing when harry's like the fluttery girlish voice and he was expecting a croak you right. know what or i mean he like, looks she looks, she looks like, like a toad, toad. Yeah. it looks like there's a spider that she's about to stick her tongue out and like eat like all those things like are it's easier to like kind of try to separate Dolores from humanity and went and like Dolores Umbridge is like very human. Mm-hmm. Like her her actions and all of those things are things that people do all the time. And so like to dehumanize her in that way also kind of like allows you someone someone like Fudge, you know what I mean, to be like, oh, only bad people who look like toads do bad things. And right. it's not at all the case. Right. So put um, that out there. Doesn't feel great sticking up for Dolores in any capacity. Mention it. But and then there will be one other time when we stand up for her, but other than that's, you know. When's that other time? Months and months. So what far other time away is that? the centaurs. Nope. Jeez. In a long, in, in a far, far, far away. By honor, I might stand up for other her for than that. that. But we're not, we're not talking about You reap about what that. you sow. Mm. Chickens come home roost. No. No. Not right. like that. We'll get to we it. We will get, that's what I'm saying is, it's the only other time. Other than that. Fuck her. I'm just saying her punishment could have been different. She needed to be punished. It just could have been different. I'm sure I must have misunderstood you, Professor Dumbledore, she said with a simper that left her big round eyes as cold as ever. So silly of me, but it sounded for a teensy moment as though you were suggesting that the Ministry of Magic had ordered an attack on this boy. But you did, though. So, this silvery laugh that you have that makes the hairs on the back of Harry's neck stand up is a lie and the worst, and you should leave. Um, because you did that shit. Because you did that shit. And a few other members of the Wise and Gamut um, laugh with her. Or the, in the movies they call it the Wizenagamot, but then that doesn't make sense because he adds an extra syllable. The Wizen... Because in, in the... In well, because it would have to... It would, the G in the end would have to be switched for it to be Nagmot. Because it's a hard G. G-A is ga. No, they add an A in between N and G. So in the movie, Fudge says, uh, he's like, witches and wizards of the Wizenagamot. Like he says, Gamot. The Wizenagamot. Yeah, nag. But that's not actually what it is. Mm. Anyway, that was a very small thing. But also, you know, I don't like that movie. (laughs) If it is true that the Dementors are taking orders from the Ministry of Magic, and it is also true that two Dementors attacked Harry and his cousin a week ago, then it follows logically that somebody at the Ministry might have ordered the attacks, said Dumbledore. Because, you know, he knows math and, like, Also, logic. like, very professorially, and you would expect him to, like, conjure up a, a <laughs> chalkboard and say, if A, then B, then A, then C, then A plus B equals C. Yep, basically. Logic. Also, um, I thought, I took a logic class once, this is a quick tangent, and I thought it was going to be, like, super easy and, like, not super easy, but, like, super interesting, and it was, like, a math credit but I didn't understand. I was like, oh, I get to do language stuff. And, like, logic is hard as hell. And F that stuff. And I think I only passed because I threatened my teacher. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, threatened her, like, in a bodily harm way, but just, like, I don't want to be here. You don't want me here. I just need to graduate. 
I just need to graduate. Your office hours are on Friday at eight a.m. You don't want us. You don't. You don't want us to win, right? Eight a.m. She's like, you don't ever. I don't ever. You sound like you're struggling, and you ask for help afterwards, but you never come to my office hours. I'm like, your office hours on Friday at eight a.m. So you don't want people to come to your office hours. So, what are we gonna do here? (laughs) And then I gotta be what. Yep. All right. Um, of course, these particular Dementors may have been outside of ministry control. There are no Dementors outside ministry control, snapped Fudge, who had turned brick red. Dumbledore inclined his head in a little bow. Then undoubtedly, the ministry will be making a full inquiry into why two Dementors were so very far from Azkaban and why they attacked without authorization. <laughs> It is not for you to decide what the Ministry of Magic does or does not do, Dumbledore, snapped Fudge, now a shade of magenta of which Uncle Vernon would have been proud. Also, this is when, like, the little tip of the head to, like, you know, but still politely. Yeah, Dumbledore is absolutely goading this dude. And then this part, and then Dumbledore is like, got him. Yep. So he says, of course it isn't, (laughs) said Dumbledore. I was merely expressing my confidence that this matter will not go uninvestigated. He glanced at Madame Bones, who readjusted her monocle and stared back at him, frowning slightly. Now she's like, hmm, something. Because I think the other thing, right, is that she is a very fair person. This kind of goes back to her characterization. but And it's not necessarily that she doesn't make want to make waves, which I think I said earlier. But it's also like she doesn't hasn't noticed, at least on her end, that anything has been strange, right? Like, you know, there's been some stuff going on with... But it's always been political, the, and now right, it's, like, and now she's coming into her... Into, like, her actual, like, her court and her, you know what I mean, her department. And now she's like, okay, I see, like, as Dumbledore's talking, she's like, hmm, I see that, like, something's going down. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure she noticed it before that, right? But it just wasn't in her purview. Right. Um, she couldn't do anything about it. And I think there is something, too, about... Um, and this is, like, a thing with, like, politics and government, right? It's, like, people let certain, like, political things go. Like, Fudge, you know, I, even removing Dumbledore from the Wizen Gamut mm-hmm. um, is, like, okay, but, you know, they fell out of favor and, like, Fudge is doing whatever. But, like, one person doesn't make the court, you right. know what I mean? And, like, one judge doesn't mean that the whole thing is tainted and so I'll let it go. And, like, I don't want to wade into that political battle and have to take sides. And, right. like, that's different. But now... Dumbledore is kind of goading her integrity and, like, the efficacy of her office Mm -hmm. and, like, the fact that, like, if something is going down within the ministry, like, they're then using her and her office for those, like, political purposes. And that is where she's, like... No. No. How about we don't do that? Yeah. Because also I think if you're... Sorry. And, like, I also think that, like, if you're a law enforcement person, like, because there's a really great state attorney in Illinois. She, like, works out of Chicago, and she's been doing, like, a lot of things about bail. And, like, she... There's only, like, so much stuff that they can do, right? Because, like, judges set bail. But she's, like, we don't ask for bail for, like... She's changed her rules, and so they don't ask for monetary bail. And, like... Because if you steal, like, a $300 pair... $300 pair of shoes, that's, like, a felony, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, we don't ask for... Um, monetary bail and felony cases that are not like that are nonviolent and of a certain type, mm-hmm. and we don't ask for it in like situations where it's like drug usage or something like that. And like in doing that, and in not and in making like a very public decree, like we're not doing this, then the courts now in Illinois are starting to like change the way that they look at monetary bail, and that's like 
your way of affecting change when you're seeing something that like may not have started out sinister, but like has become has that become way. that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that like law enforcement people are really good law enforcement people and like people that are like altruistic. And I think people that are honest, like Amelia Bones seems to be, are interested in the rule of law, but are also interested in like justice. Mm-hmm. And it's more, it is law enforcement, but it is also like the sense of like justice that right. she cares about. Right. You enforce the law, but you have to make sure the law is something that you actually want to enforce in the first place. Right. Um, I would remind everybody that the behavior of these Dementors, if indeed they are not figments of the boy's imagination, is not the subject of this hearing, um, which is like, but that is what matters to right. the case, right? Because if that if that did happen, then that's why, why he, he used the Patronus, and then he gets off because there's, you know, the reasonable... Um, Right. It's reasonable. It's a reasonable restriction. Right. And like that is and an unreasonable there's a clause restriction. For life threatening situations. Right. Um, and it's we, also like in the statute, like the reasonable right. restriction means that there are there are times when restricting magic is unreasonable. Right. Um, and so he says, we are here to examine Harry Potter's offenses under the decree for the reasonable restriction of underage sorcery. Of course we are, said Dumbledore, but the presence of the mentors in that alleyway is highly relevant. Clause 7 of the decree states that magic may be used for before muggles in exception, cer- in exceptional cer- mm, used before muggles in exceptional circumstances, and it's those exceptional circumstances include situations that threaten the life of a wizard or witch himself or witches, wizards, or muggles present at the time of the... We're familiar with Clause 7. Thank you very much, Snarled Fudge. Of course you are, said Dumbledore courteously. Then we are in agreement that Harry's use of the Patronus charm in this circumstances falls precisely into the category of exceptional circumstances it describes. Um, into the category of exceptional circumstances it describes. If there were to mentors, which I doubt... You have heard from an eyewitness, Dumbledore interrupted. If you still doubt her truthfulness, call her back, question her again. I am sure she would not object. I, that, not blustered fudge. Um, It's, I want this over with today, Dumbledore, which is, like, not right. Like, no. That's not an answer. It's not. And it's it's also. It's like when Ginny going, Mom, I really want to hear. It's like, that's not a But then also, like, you want this over with today, sure. But really, you just want it to go, again, you just want it to go in your favor today. It could still be over today if you listen to the actual facts and the logic of right. the case. But naturally, you would not care how many times you heard from a witness if the alternative was a serious miscarriage of justice, said Dumbledore. Serious miscarriage, my hat, said Fudge at the top of his voice. Have you ever bothered to tot up the number of cock and bull stories this, boy's, this boy has come up with, Dumbledore, while trying to cover up his flagrant misuse of magic out of school? I suppose you haven't forgotten the hover charm he used three years ago. That wasn't me. It was a house elf, said Harry. You see, roared Fudge, a house elf in the in a muggle house, I ask you. The house elf in question is currently in the employ of Hogwarts School, said Dumbledore. I can summon him here in an instant to give evidence if you wish. I, not, I haven't got time to listen to house elves. Anyway, that's not the only. He blew up his aunt, for God's sakes, Fudge said, banging his fist on the judge's bench and upsetting a bottle of ink. Um, so first, it was not on purpose. Second, fuck Marge, just, you know, as an and- aside. But then also, like... You're bringing up these charges, right? Um, this one about the hovering charm. You can, if if that's a part of the case, and that if you're trying him for all of the like things that he's done in the past, and it's clear that he hasn't done it, and there's evidence for that, then why not just hear the evidence if you're gonna bring up past shit anyway? Right. Well, also it's like I haven't got time to listen to house elves. This is very right. dismissive mm-hmm. of like, oh, of course there's a house like. 
again, trying to have it both ways, right? Like, Harry is this guy, is, like, this kid who is seeking attention and blah, 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 blah. But he's doing all this stuff inside of, or with people or or magical beings and and in spaces that is, like, beneath my notice or my, like, not worthy of my time or attention. So, like, I don't want to hear from a squib because this is a muggle, but this is a muggle... Or this is a, a magical kid who lives in a muggle neighborhood and lives right. in a muggle born house. So who else are, are you going to hear, hear from? from? Right, exactly. And like, I don't want to hear from a house elf, but who, a house, oh, but you're also going to then like proclaim that a house elf in a muggle house is so unheard of. It's like, but well, then, then hear the from the house elf was there. Right. So then, then you need to hear from the house elf. It's mm-hmm. like, you can't have it both ways. Nope. And you very kindly did not press charges on that occasion, accepting, I presume, that even the best wizards cannot always control their emotions, said Dumbledore calmly as Fudge attempted to scrub the ink off his notes. Dude, that was, that was it. Right. That was the shade that we were waiting for. Like he was he was building up to it and then it was like overcast immediately. <laughs> um and I But ha- here he steps yeah. he crosses. Yeah. Still. And and I haven't even started on what gets what he gets up to at school. But as the ministry has no authority to punish Hogwarts students for misdemeanors at school, Harry's behavior there is not relevant to this inquiry, said Dumbledore politely as ever, but now with a suggestion of coolness behind his words. Um, also, like, what does Harry get up to at school that you know about, right? Like, right. he hasn't really done, other than, like, stuff that every, he's been off, out of his bed after hours. Which, the yeah, flying everyone car. Does. Yeah, the flying car, which I could see him getting, them getting, yeah. like, a, they didn't even get any type of warning for that other than, like, detention. He could have gotten one for that, and I would be like, okay. But yeah. that's one thing. The other things are, yeah, being at, out of bed after hours, which everyone, like, all students would yeah. do that at some point. Also, the whole last year, he was fucking in the Triwizard Tournament. That wasn't on him. Yeah, that was on y'all. That was so... <laughs> all of that was on y'all. Um, um, I also think, like, the idea that... Like you said, if you're going to bring up, like, past things, right? Like, the idea that... You want to talk about this case because this is, like, the thing. But it is, like, you. if you want to expel him, you have to prove that this is, like, an ongoing thing that Harry is doing. But at the same time, like, you're, like, bringing up, you're judging up, like, all of these things. But, like, out of context and, you know, like, we, like so with Dobby, like, mm-hmm. I didn't do that. Like, I took the warning or whatever. But, like, but, right, because but it was I, just a warning, like, I'm not going to fight it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I, I knew I didn't do it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's also, like, thanks, Dobby, for that. <laughs> right. But it's like, so you you have, like, that context problem, too, that Fudge is trying to, like, get around. And it's like, right. let me pile all of these things on without any context. So it seems really bad, but, like, are easily, like, Trial explained. And, yeah. Yeah. But it's not. Oh, ho, said Fudge. Not our business what he does at school, eh? You think so? The ministry does not have the power to expel Hogwarts students, Cornelius, as I reminded you on the night of the 2nd of August, nor does he have the right, nor does it have the right to confiscate wands until charges have been successfully proven. Again, as I reminded you on the night of 2nd of August, in your admirable haste to ensure that the laws upheld, you appear inadvertently, I am sure, to have overlooked a few laws yourself. Which, Which is, is one, the T. Yeah, one. Also, that is what I was bringing up at the beginning when Harry mm-hmm. was getting all these letters. And I was like, I don't think the ministry can do that. Like, you can't just, you haven't tried him. You can't then be like, oh, now we're going to snap your wand, especially for something that's not like murder or torture, or torture, or, you know, those kind of things. Or, you know, raising giant monster spiders in the bowels of Hogwarts. Right. And also but basilisks. It's, but 
it's it's yeah so again as Dumbledore's saying like he's skipping over all these laws he's like oh we got something to get Potter so we're just gonna go get him as opposed to actually being like okay no we want to like justly carry out this situation because like sure maybe he should be tried for using the Patronus charm and he shouldn't be a crime and it shouldn't be in here like if it was in um Amelia Bones's office and it's just like hey dude maybe don't do that because you know we have these rules for a reason or just like why did you do that what happened and like asking and actually doing like a real investigation and then sending him to wither therapy right that is the thing that actually that's what needs to happen right he should be at the ministry of magic or somewhere nearby in london somewhere at least once a week twice a week grief counseling like twice a week and y'all are out here just got him sitting in the same ass chair that bellatrix lestrange stood sat in because she tortured a person two people two people who had a child anyway but also all of that and it is the the point i think that dumbledore is also making is like this i'm about to get like this is really old i'm showing my age here but like the big thing with like the oj simpson trial right was like you're like piling so like sorry oj did it but like in trying to, like, prove that case, they piled on so much stuff mm-hmm. that, like, the miscarriage of justice was so that you had to, like, he, needed, he had to be um, found innocent because, like, you can't plant evidence. You can't do all of these things right. to, like, make a case seem like an open and shut case because that's what you want it to seem like. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to deal with the facts and the truth at hand. And maybe you are right, but it's messier than you want it to be, which is, like, Fudge's biggest thing It's like, Fudge just is, has never grown out of the, like, there's a black and, like, things are black and white mm-hmm. and right and wrong and it's easy and it's open and shut and, like, nothing to see here. And it's, like, if that's you... That's never how life or anything works. Yeah, that's not how anything works. And if you would allow for some, like, messiness and some nuance, you could probably still get your way, but you won't get it done quickly. Right. You won't get it done today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, like, and in, in that haste to do those things, it's, like, you overstep your boundaries, and then even if Harry should be punished to some extent, like, because of what you've done to, like, ensure that punishment, you have, like, made it so that he should... He's gonna get away. He's gonna get away. Um, which, we're not saying, again, that this is a situation where he should be punished, because he shouldn't. He was he was saving his life and his cousin's life. Right. But, you know, like... Like, if it was car, the flying car, right. right. It'd be like... It was like Snape, right? Snape is like, oh... We got it. Like, he should be expelled, but if we don't want to expel him, like, ban him from Quidditch for life. Right, which, like, like, was extra because you're a teacher and you clearly have, like, conflicts of interest. But if, like, it's not an unreasonable, um, and I think even when we were reading that chapter, it was like, it's not an unreasonable, like, request or, like, you know what I mean, or suggestion. It was his enjoyment of it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so I just, I, I don't know. It's a problem. Laws can be changed, said Fudge savagely. Of course they can, said Dumbledore, inclining his head. And you certainly seem to be making changes, Cornelius. Why, in the few short weeks since I was asked to leave the Wisengamot, it has already become practice to hold a full criminal trial to deal with a simple matter of underage magic. A few of the witches above them shifted uncomfortably in their seats. Fudge turned a slightly deeper shed of puce. The toad-like witch on his right merely gazed at Dumbledore, her face quite expressionless. 
Um, as far as I'm aware, however, Dumbledore continued, there is no law yet in place that says this court's job is to punish Harry for every bit of magic he has ever performed. He has been charged with a, spe with a specific offense and he has presented his defense. All he and I can do now is to await your verdict. So I think the other thing with this case or like the way that Dumbledore is playing this, right, is that he lets Harry say his bit. He lets Fig say her bit. He lets Fudge Fuck, make show a complete ass. The ass of himself. And then Dumbledore's like, hey, remember all these rules and these laws that we had in place and like the way and even this, like notice how this is kind of fucked up because, you know, it's just underage man magic and you got him like he's going to Azkaban. And so at that point and you're like, okay, he like put all his cards on the table and he's like, now we'll see what's up. He um, also, though, I think it's really important too that he says about like all of a sudden it's, um, it's become practice to hold a full criminal trial to deal with a simple matter. And then the wizards above shift uncomfortably because right. I think I, and this is what I think of too about Amelia Bones and stuff. It's like, I think that they were like, yeah, this is weird, but you know, it's Harry Potter. And like, right. also like, I want to know the tea about Harry Potter. Right. right. Cause he's still kind of like an important name, mm -hmm. but, but there then, are some that are there who are like, yeah, we want who are like on Fudge's side staunchly. Right. And I think they are also ones who were being uncomfortable cause they're like, okay, yeah, this is kind of obvious. And like, this right. Kind of fucked up. This is right. And it's like, and, and even those people, it's like, okay, like I can see why they're there. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as it gets called out, like, and like, and said, like outright, outright, because ob problem. obviously Fudge isn't going to be like we're going to call a full court and we're going to get that kid right. It's right. Like subtly like oh Harry Potter's coming in. Maybe you want to sit in on this hearing, or even like and oh like, we're going to do a full trial, so we need you to come right, like be here and right. you know the fact. So the other, but thing I don't about think that they would have done it like minute. that. I feel like I feel like it would have been like him like planting seeds and like people being like I want to. I'm coming to the trial, no, to, and, and see, all of a sudden oh we and see I don't think of it that way. Well, I was thinking of it right of is right so he makes it seem all last minute um and he's like oh we changed the, the time and the place at the same like all of a sudden in the morning of the thing they knew that shit because you have to make sure that all 50 of those people are able to make it at that time you know what i mean in that place and yeah. like don't have a, because these people work in the ministry and have actual jobs right and so you're like okay we're gonna gather the wise and gamut you're doing all of this stuff so that harry uh, and telling him, like, oh, you're just going to be meeting with him. Because he thinks initially he's just going to be meeting with Amelia Bones in her office. Like, that's a really, that's a Completely totally different, different environment versus gathering 49 other people. Like, I guess if, if the Wives of was, like, seven people and you kind of be like, oh, you want to sit in on this thing, is different than we're going to be in this courtroom, we're going to have a full trial for Harry Potter. But what I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that, like, in gathering those people, I'm not saying that it happened, like, last minute, but I'm saying in gathering those no, people, No, I'm saying I it don't... didn't happen last minute. No, I know, I know. I'm saying... But in doing that, I think he did it kind of individually. And then all of a sudden, it, and then waited. He waited until the last one to go, oh, it looks like the entire Wizengammon is interested in sitting in on this trial mm -hmm. and we need to move it because obviously we can't all fit in your office. And I don't think, and I think that, that like, And I think, I, I tend to think he might have been because the people that are not on his side, like Amelia Bones is already like, you know, you're right. Like, because it seems like very like, not reasonable, but like understandable in my if I'm if I'm Amelia Bones, like, yeah, okay, like I could see why like I said, like, oh it's Harry Potter and I could see why you would wanna know like what he was doing and what his and, and all because yeah, of all I of the stories that, coming like, out in the Daily Prophet, like But I also think that, that can, makes it more because then I think if that's the case, then they would open it up to an audience. You know what I mean? Because like those trials for the Lestranges 
had a full, if they had the court, but I think the that those, are, those are well, still, and it still makes me, at least for me, it sounds more like, it sounds less professional, right? Like, oh, I, you just want to sit in on this trial for this kid and under, and you know, it's Harry Potter or whatever, but that seems, oh, you just want to sit on on this as opposed to, do you want to judge this trial is like two different things. No, I, and I'm, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm think, thinking is, is that. It is more like, and the reason why it would be like that, and because it is kind of unprofessional, because when you're working with people, you're like, oh yeah, you can do this, and we'll let you do this. But then the moment that it becomes, and, and it can snowball. I've had these things happen, in, like meetings that were supposed to be like small meetings, and all of a sudden they're like these huge things that a bunch of people don't really need to be in, but they've all got pulled into you from some t- transcendental like interaction. All of a sudden you have to like change the scope of the meeting, but. There, there's like a thin line where it's like, oh, this kind of snowball to like, oh, we need to like have this be public, and then you're like, wait, because then when it like when it hits that level, then you're like, wait a second, this is like, you can you can kind of like, okay, yeah, you want to be a part of this, and it's a high prestige, you know, name and thing, and like you can like your brain can reconcile that stuff, but then as soon as and it has to be done in a way that is very kind of understandable but like oh it's not a big deal it's like I just you know and like so you're like oh well you're the homie you can slide through like we wouldn't normally do this but I understand you're you know and then all of a sudden when it's like oh we have a full wizen gamut and it's like kind of too late right mm-hmm. um and so then but I think if they would have gone earlier and then like the whole wizen gamut's in and we should open this up to the public then like someone like Amelia Bones would be like Y'all doing the most. Like, and, like, that would have happened. Like, well, the pushback would have I happened mean, earlier. I don't think that... Um, I mean, I also just don't agree with... But it's also your head cannon, and that's what it is, and that's fine. <laughs> um, but I also think that they didn't open it to the public for a reason, right? Like... Yeah, totally. They... Just in case Harry didn't actually get... Like, this is a, you know, spoiler mm-hmm. alert. He's gonna get off. But, like, in case he didn't get off, you don't want a full, like, audience to that. Especially... And also, like, if it's a full trial then it's less you you can't really play with the time the way that they did mess with the time mm-hmm. for harry in this case because all these people are going to know what time it is it'll be in the daily profit he's gonna get there right. all that kind of stuff um so honestly like i mean the whole having the wedding game all there was on like a psychological move and they didn't expect that dumbledore would get there in time they'd be like oh we're done with it and dumbledore's not here whatever um but i do think that at least in my opinion and again we're just making these yeah. are our theories and and for me it seems like enough of them were willing to do it and no one is willing to really stand up to fudge at this point that when he said we're going to do a full trial for harry they were like well okay we're going to do a full trial for harry and not that they necessarily needed to be like goaded or manipulated into the position they just were going to do it because that's what the minister of magic told them to do and some of them are more eager to do that than others right like yeah but i think that like so could, because it's like 49 people and this is again like theories but my theory is that they are yeah they're there because fudge told them but in fudge's brain he's going to dumbledore is not going to show up they've moved the thing it's going to be like the wizard gamut will be there like to intimidate harry and he's going to embarrass harry and prove Harry is this, like, show-off kid. And then everyone on the Wizen Gamut who are powerful witches and wizards, like, in society who were not really on his side will then be like, yeah, you know what, you're right. Like, that kid is doing the most. And, like, you are correct in everything that you're saying, everything the Daily Prophet is saying about Harry Potter, everything the Daily Prophet is saying about Dumbledore and Voldemort. Like, it's probably true. Like, I think that... I think, yeah, that was absolutely the, the, like, end goal. I'm just saying him telling them they all had to be there. I don't think it was as, like undercover him trying to like 
convince them to be there. He, I think he was just like, you have to be there. Yeah. Because he's the minister of magic. Like, he right, but really I, I'm just like, saying, like, in my opinion, in my theory, is that he didn't send, like, a wizard gamut-wide memo. Like, everyone needs to be here at this time. It was more, like, subtle. It was one on, like, one person and the other person, and then they all get here. Because I do think that, like, drawing attention to the fact that you're calling the entire wizard gamut, like, so if everyone knows that everyone's coming, and, like, then you have more time for people to be, like, this is sus- this is like more suspect and this is more sinister than I am willing to be a part of as opposed to like I got called in on this thing like maybe it's a four judge panel maybe it's a three judge panel I got called in on this thing right they all work there and then they get there and like oh shit we all here you I know? mean I don't that's know that's my theory yeah you know you can I just I also think that at this point they've seen all that's happened in the daily prophet so they wouldn't be surprised you know what I mean right but like I mean, we should, we should. But I, I just think that, like, being surprised, like, being a party to it is, is a different thing. But, yeah. So, um, so Dumbledore puts his fingertips together again and said no more. Fudge glared at him, evidently incensed. Harry went sideways at Dumbledore, seeking reassurance. He was not at all sure that Dumbledore was right in telling the Wise and Gamut, in effect, that it was about to be about time that they made the decision. Again, however, Dumbledore seemed oblivious to Harry's attempt to catch his eye. He Ugh. continued to look up at the benches where the entire wizard gamut had fallen into urgent whispered conversations. So Harry is waiting and he's, you know, his anxiety is building. He was not at all sure that he had made a good impression. He had not really said very much. He ought to have explained more fully about the Dementors, about how he had fallen over, about how both he and Dudley had nearly been kissed. Twice he looked up at Fudge and opened his mouth to speak, but his swollen heart was now constricting his air passages and both times he merely took a deep breath and looked back at his shoes. And then the whispering stopped. Harry wanted to look up at the judges, but found that it was really much, much easier to keep examining his laces. Those in favor of clearing the accused of all charges, said Madame Bones. Harry's head jerked upward. There were hands in the air, many of them, more than half. Breathing very fast, he tried to count, but before he could finish, Madame Bones had said, and those in favor of conviction? Fudge raised his hand, and so did half a dozen others, including the witch on his right and the heavily mustached wizard and the frizzy-haired witch in the second row. Fudge glanced around at them all, looking as though there was something large stuck in his throat, then lowered his own hand. He took two deep breaths and then said, in a voice distorted by suppressed rage, Very well, very well, cleared of all charges. Excellent, said Dumbledore briskly, springing to his feet, pulling out his wand and causing the two armchairs to vanish. Well, I must be getting along. Good day to you all. And without looking once at Harry, he swept from the dungeon. Which, you know... Still a problem. Problematic Teach phase. Teach my dude Aquamancy, and then you won't have to do this. Do all that. You really won't. So we are in Ireland, obviously. So we're not doing this with our handy dandy Patroni. But who's your MVP? Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Like, as much as he's like a problem in this, like, and you know, he's a problem in it. In in like moments like the very end or the moments where he's not making eye contact with Harry, but he still comes through to help Harry and also all the tea that he spilled and all the shade that he threw. I'm willing to overlook that for this particular moment, especially because like Harry didn't do shit in this chapter other than pretty much sit there. Mrs. Fig was, you know, I could see an argument for making her the MVP, but it was Dumbledore for me. Yeah. Um. So as you were talking, I, cr- I had 
one MVP and then I crossed it out and then I had another MVP and then I crossed it out and then I had another one and then I went back. So I have two MVPs. Okay. Um, so Dumbledore for everything that you said, even though he was initially wasn't on my list. And then Amelia Bones, because I think that, that was she, um, especially in talking it through, is like, I feel like her line of questioning and stuff, like even if that wasn't what she intended, it really did like hit on like getting to the root of like one, Harry can definitely perform a role Patronus and mm-hmm. so he's a like a gifted wizard. Right. And then two, you know, giving Mrs. Fudge time to like fully explain. Because I do think it would be very easy to dismiss her when she's like, oh, they were big and wore cloaks. Right. But like also sometimes it's really hard to like really describe truly describe something like of that magnitude. Right. Especially with the Dementors, it's like describing the feeling. Right, because probably, they look like they're big and wearing cloaks. Yeah, and but also like when you're when you're in their vicinity, you're so overwhelmed by like what they make you feel. Right. That like noticing like those details and what they like. actually look like would be very difficult. Mm-hmm. So I think that like Fudge was very willing to be like, okay, they're big and wearing cloaks. Bye, mm-hmm. bye now. But then like Amelia Bones is like, what else? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so that like really helped Harry. Um, benched. Fudge for being... Fudge. Yes. And then Umbridge for sending the Dementors and making us sit through this farce in the first place. Yep. Real. And I also benched Fudge. So thank you for listening. Next week we will discuss Chapter 9 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, The Woes of Mrs. Weasley. Uh, Make sure to follow along, bring your chocolate and your feelings, um, and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who was benched for the chapter. If you would like to join the conversation on Twitter, add us at WeBlackAndNerds and use the hashtag WizardTeam. And, you know, as always, you can check us out at BlackGirlsCreate.org. And, yeah, we will talk to you next week. See you guys. (laughs) 